everybody, it's Dimity McDowell here with the Train Like a Mother Club, and I am here to do a podcast about um, running by heart rate and introduction. I've got two new coaches with us here. I've got Elizabeth Waterstrat and Jennifer Harrison, and we are going to go through all the ins and outs and um, ups and downs of heart rate training, huh? Yeah, looking forward to it. <laughs> you ladies ready? That was kind of a Canadian, huh? <laughs> ah, ah. um, so, you know, we we have had a heart rate program in the past, and you guys have coached our triathlon um, groups in the past. So if people are not familiar with you, can you kind of give me a little background on each of you? You want to go first, Liz? Sure. Uh, like Dimity said, my name is Elizabeth Waterstrat. You can call me Liz. And I live in the Chicago area. Uh, I have been involved in competitive endurance sports for the last 20 years. Uh, and I've been coaching for the last 12 years, and I coach athletes all over the world, all ages and abilities, um, mostly for triathlons, but a lot of runners, too. Um, myself, I come from more of a running background, so I was not any sort of a standout athlete in my high school or collegiate exercise career. Um, I have three kids, ages eight, four, and two. Um, I have a dog. I have a, a <laughs> A house that I am the CEO of, and an amazing, <laughs> I have amazing landscaping, um, and I also have a husband who's very involved in sports as well. So that's a little bit about me. That's awesome. Do you run with your dog ever? <laughs> oh, Dimity. Oh, Dimity. No, I have a 10-pound, well, actually, he's probably more like 12 pounds right now. He's got his holiday coat on. Um, <laughs> so he, he's a chihuahua. So he's, oh. he's more of an accessory. He's not an exercising dog. In fact, we don't okay. even take him for walks. He won't go for walks. He refuses. Wow. Wow. I, I, I can't imagine he fits into your family, but I guess he's <laughs> got to have one outlier, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. All right. And um, and uh, Jen, what about you? Yeah. And I'm the kind of the same, same, and just another version of what Elizabeth said. So I've been doing triathlons for a long time, coaching for 20 years, racing for 25 years or something. Gosh, I don't even know. And um, I live in the Chicago suburbs as well. I'm about a 50, 55 minutes north of Elizabeth. Um, I coach triathletes and runners, uh, as well as do some swim stuff with athletes. And I have twins, uh, boy-girl twins that are, well, they're going to be 17 in a couple weeks, which is kind of mind-boggling to me, um, but a really nice face. So for all of you new moms out there and moms with littler kids, there is a light at the end of the tunnel. It does involve sex, drugs, and rock and roll, but there is a light of sleeping and a light of freedom. Um, I just you have to wait till they're 16. Um, and I am married. I've been married for 21 years. Uh, my husband is a triathlete that's turned into a beer connoisseur. Um, so, yeah, that's really all about me. I still race. I still like racing. Um, and I, yeah, I just kind of race a lot to stay relevant and just to stay, you know, involved with, you know, swim, bike, run and marathons. I just did a marathon for quote unquote fun a few weeks ago. So, yeah, it's all good. Wow. Quote unquote fun. How'd that go? Yeah, well, when you do something for fun, you, you got to change your expectations. <laughs> it's going to be fun. Exactly. Exactly. Well, cool. So you guys have, um, I know in the triathlon programs, we have heart rate guidelines 
for all the different um, sports, minus swimming, of course. But um, but running by heart rate, is that something that you have all your athletes do, whether they're like if, if they're just doing a straight half marathon plan or if they're, you know, um, working on triathlon as well? Yes, um, I think both Jen and I are really strong proponents of using heart rate, especially with running. Now, with swimming, using a pace clock makes sense. With biking, there's a power meter. But with running, you know, heart rate is just a great way to keep a close look at what's going on inside of our body, as well as how our body is responding to um, the different demands. So whether that's weather or terrain, um, and how our body is responding to stressors. So stressors being lack of sleep or impending illness or dehydration. Um, so heart rate is it's just a really fantastic uh, way for any athlete to train for running at any level. So whether they're a beginner or whether they're a seasoned athlete. Yeah, you described it to me once, I think, and I could be wrong with this, but I think that you said something like it's like a magnifying glass into your body and what's going on with your body and life right then. I mean, I really love that idea that the heart rate doesn't lie, right? Right. I mean, it, yeah, it's like like a window looking inside of you and seeing, like, where's where's my body at? Where's my readiness at? Where Where's my capacity at today to be able to run and handle the stress of the workout? Um, and so, you know, just by looking at your heart rate, you can make some really timely decisions on, okay, maybe I'm too tired today to hit this speed workout, or it's a little bit warmer today, so I know my heart rate's going to be higher, and I need to adjust for that. So it's just, it gives you like that real-time look at what's going on inside. Real-time look, yeah. A magnifying glass window. They both had glass involved. I knew that there was I knew yeah. <laughs> something there, something there. Um, and um, and then also, I think one of the things, let's talk a little bit about heart rate as far as like putting limits on you, which doesn't always feel great as a runner. But, you know, one of the things that I heard, I've heard forever, and it's still hard to execute, is keep the easy days easy, right? And heart rate allows you to do that training with heart rate. Yeah, I think sometimes with, with athletes, if we don't have any kind of measurement, measuring tool, we get into this kind of what we call the gray zone all the time. So we're all going out, you know, sometimes running is, is, is a way to release frustration. It's, it's a healthy vice. It's a way to get out. So people tend to overrun if they're stressed or go out and hammer for 20 minutes. So putting a heart rate monitor on an athlete allows the athlete and the coaches to, make sure that people are behaving. So when we do say it's easy, we really do mean easy. Uh, and it is a little bit frustrating when you're new to heart rate training because you don't really realize how high how high your heart rate is when you're not used to monitoring it. Um, so it's really good way to kind of make sure everybody is going easy and adjusting to easy. And the more fit you get, obviously, the heart rate will decrease and the pace will um the pace will, you know, obviously get faster at a lower heart rate, and then we're able to show and see the progress with the athletes. Uh, but same with the top end, uh, making sure that athletes, when we say hard or zone four, zone five, we mean hard. And are the athletes really able to understand what that means and push that that upper limit? So that's heart rate serves a great purpose for for a lot of reasons. Yeah, for sure, for sure. And that easy, you know, we we um, explained this in all the training plans. Um, you guys did a great job of talking through all the zones from one to five and, and explaining the lactate threshold and all the different 
aspects of what goes into um, your range of heart rates. Um, but that zone two and zone one uh, at times, that's really the stable platform from which anything has to be launched, right? You have to spend a ton of time down there that you can get to the top. So you can you can do that speed work, you can have a strong race, all that kind of stuff, right? Yeah, that's that's correct. And and even the the most talented, fastest, most successful runners in the world are still doing probably 80% of their training in those lower heart rate, lower demand zones. So it's it's really important to be patient enough to spend the time there. Absolutely. Okay. Um, well, so let's talk a little bit about um, the the tests, and then we'll go back to kind of what to expect. You alluded to that for a little bit, Jen, but I wanted to talk about the tests. In the intro, you have two plans. You can do a um, a one-mile walk test or a 15-minute run test. In all of the race plans, we have a 15-minute run test because we assume that you are running to be able to train for a, a road race. Um, and so I, I guess, you know, we give very detailed instructions, so we don't have to talk through the instructions, but I'm curious, like, um, what kind of accuracy do you feel like those tests produce? Well, the, the, <clears throat> excuse me, the 15 minute run test um, is, is a really good baseline barometer of where your heart rate, you know, your average heart rate and what we call, you know, technically a submax heart rate is at that time if the athlete's able to push that, that pace for those 15 minutes. Um, if the athlete has experience, and, and some of you that are listening that have a lot of experience and, and, and have accessible 5K races to you, that's also another option. But we start with a 15-minute test, and I find it's, it's very, very accurate. Um, and then if the athlete is coming from, um, you know, less experience running and, and more of a beginner, then and hasn't been running, say that they're coming off of an extended period of time off or an injury, then the, the, the walking, the one-mile walk test is also a good way to start. And then as they get more fit, then during, you know, later testing, they could probably do the 15-minute run test. So it's a, it's a progression of, of, of fitness. And, and Elizabeth and I can help those athletes through that. Sure, sure. That's great. And you have, you recommend that people redo that test um, every four to eight weeks. Can you talk about why you want to redo it like that, that often? Every four to eight weeks is going to give your body enough time to adapt. You know, you get, you get used to the, the training approach, you get used to using the heart rate zone. Um, so, you know, four weeks seems like a long time, but it, it does take that amount of time for you to start seeing some change in your heart rate and pace. So, and, you know, if, if somebody's newer, they're going to see progress quicker. So they might see it in four weeks. If somebody's been at this a while, it, it might take a little bit more time. And so that's where we would say maybe go the full eight weeks. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I feel like four weeks, you know, given um, the background that I have just watching people do this, sometimes I think that, um, you know, giving them a little bit more time, you know, in, in each of your programs, you have a test built in every four or so weeks. So they definitely have a chance to re to re-examine themselves or, you know, re see readjust their zones and that kind of thing. Um, but but you know, if they don't see progress after four weeks, that doesn't mean that the training isn't working, right? <laughs> right. Right. It yeah. It just might take a little bit longer. Yep, yep, exactly. Because really the key as with any training plan is is being consistent with your workouts and and following the plan as written and not trying to do more or ideally do less than what's written. 
Right. Right. Okay, cool. All right. So Jen, you talked a little bit about what to expect, but you know, that's the biggest thing that I've seen um, watching a lot of, of people learning how to train by heart rate is we go through this test and you get your zones and you're like, oh, zone two, that sounds, you know, kind of, you know, loose and, and uh, you know, kind of flexible. But when you actually run the numbers, it's usually like significantly lower than what you expect it to be. Um, and so say it's, you know, a 144 or a one. 39 or something like that. Can you talk a little bit about running under those numbers um, and how it's going to feel and, and what you might do? <laughs> I sure. stop and start a lot. <laughs> sure. Yeah. I think one of the things that, that everybody um, listening needs to be really patient about, especially when you're newer to the running and, and to the, to the plants, um, like Elizabeth mentioned, if you're experienced, it's, it's, it's a lot different and you can, you're used to running at the different, slower paces or faster paces but when you are new to this and you get your heart rate zones in your and you're like okay i need to run in today my run is zone two for 20 minutes and let's say zone two is heart rate and this varies for everybody so this is just an example let's say it's 135 to 147 beats okay well so i think a lot of people that are new to this will really struggle with keeping they're going to go slower than they want to go so if you're used to running a 10 minute mile and that zone forces you to run 11 minute mile, you mentally need to be ready for, for that, prepare for that, know that that's part of the plan. And we promise you that you will see that, you know, that speed, you know, obviously, you know, get faster as you get more fit. So it's one of the things, I think it's much more of a mental thing, you know, mentally go into this, these training plans with an open mind knowing that the end result is going to get you where you need to be, but also be prepared mentally that you might have to slow down in order to maintain the heart rate zones. Absolutely. Slow down or walk, you know, I mean, that's the yeah. other thing, you know, and there's, um, it's a, there's a lot of, uh, you know, it, it is humbling. It's humbling to keep in that zone. I, you know, I've done it um, running, I've done it biking. I, I, it's hard, but the thing is when you do that, um, you give yourself enough, space and grace to actually like like we talk about in the plan zone two you get time to um you don't damage all your muscles so significantly so your recovery time is less which means you can go out again um you know sooner it also means that it's just like less impact overall on your body um which you know doesn't sound like much but day after day of pounding really adds up um, you know, those really, oh, I feel like a badass workouts, like we talk about in the in the programs, they they are going to break you down eventually, right? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and remember, it's, it's, it's cumulative fatigue, too. So you might feel great one day, and you ran, let's just say four miles. And then the next day, you have to do pickups or strides or short intervals, and your heart rate might be higher the next day, even though you're going a slower pace because you're tired or you didn't eat right the night before, or you were up all night with your kids or whatever it is. So you have to, it's an ebb and flow. Some days you're going to feel great. Some days you're going to feel like crap, but you have to remember as long as you have more good days than bad days, you're winning. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, well, so some of the runs in these, um, in this intro workout, and this is also included in the race workouts, um, include form tips or form cues. Um, and then also drills like, um, you know, high knees and, um, great vine or karaoke in the middle of your run. So can you talk a little bit about um, why you integrate those um, parts, those aspects into a run? Um, you want to start, Liz, with talking about form? 
Sure. So anytime you go out and run, you want to make sure that you're very mindful about your form. And we do that because when you run with the best form, you'll be more economical, you'll be more efficient. And what that means is you're going to be running at a lower effort because your, your movements are coordinated better. Um, so the drills help to ingrain the habits and the movement patterns for better form running. And, you know, at first looking at the drills, it might seem complicated or there's too many to remember. So just pick one. And I'm sure we provide videos or you can always go online to, to Google and, and look at some videos about how the drill is performed and just do your, your best effort at performing the drill in the way that it looks and really thinking about what it's working on. Is it working on good hip drive? Is it working on... Um, reducing your contact time with the ground or faster turnover or the way your arms are working or your posture uh, and just keep mindful of that. And then once you go into regular running after the drill, keep that form point or that, that drill focus in the back of your mind and just check in with it every now and then. How's my turnover? Where's my arm carry? What's my posture looking at? And, and you know, over time, as you start um, ingraining it more into the run, it will just become more natural to you and you'll start to see some changes. Yeah, I really like those aspects because I feel like um, sometimes, especially when you're just constantly watching your heart rate, um, it's easy to forget about the rest of it, the rest of your body, right? You're just kind of fixated on your wrist <laughs> and what's going on right. there. And so to, you know, to think, you know, um, think about your arm carrier, think about or stop and do some some skips or that kind of thing. It really, um, it breaks it up a little bit. And I think it also, like you said, it, it, you know, over time, you know, those those things kind of become more cemented into your own, um, your running carriage and it really makes a difference. Um, so I, I'm excited to have that stuff in there because I do think that people, you know, we often run to go on autopilot, right? To kind of, you know, lose focus and kind of escape from the world, but bringing your focus back into your heart rate and into your body is, is really, uh, will pay off significantly, you know, kind of, um, what's the word it, uh, the, it echoes throughout the rest of your, um, running. What's the word it, yeah. when you in intensify it? I can't remember. It's Friday afternoon, <laughs> middle of a holiday <laughs> week. So, um, okay. Um, so yeah, so let's talk a little bit about, um, heart rate monitors. What do you guys recommend as far as if somebody's coming into this program and, either has an old heart rate monitor or um, one that, um, or doesn't have one yet, like where do you start? The most basic is, is a good place to start. Uh, and, and so I guess it, it really depends on the personality of, of the runner. You know, if, if you're a person who likes a lot of tricks and whistles and bells, there's all sorts of fancy devices out there. but you can also find very basic ones that are just going to tell you heart rate, time, uh, heart rate and time. And then there's going to be some that will incorporate distance and pace. And then there will be some that look at your cadence and your vertical oscillation. So there's a whole range of products, you know, not, not to show favorites of one brand over another, but there's a lot of brands out there. Garmin is a more popular brand. Sunto is a popular brand. And, and rather than boring you with the details of what all these different devices and companies look like, there's great websites out there. Um, and, and I think, I think Timothy, we passed along his name to you, but the person is called DC Rainmaker. And his website is, is just a, a plethora of knowledge on devices and how to choose the right one for you. So if you have any question at all, check out his website, 
uh, it, it's really the gold standard when it comes to selecting uh, different devices, and, and he just gives you the nitty-gritty about, about what's good about the device and what's not so good about the device. Yeah, no, absolutely. He is um, definitely uh, goes deep, goes deep into technology, yeah. <laughs> which is a good thing. Yeah. And, you know, sometimes your eyes glaze over a little bit. But yeah, I agree. Right. So you mentioned Garmin, um, Sunto, Polar is another one. Those are three Polar. kind of gold standards as far as accuracy and um, really having the heart rate function dialed in. Um, we also say in the, in the in the programs that you guys do, I mean, the wrist technology has come a long way. And um, like I, for one, use wrist technology right now, but I'm also not training really hard by heart rate. I'm, it's more of like an interesting thing than an important thing to me right now. Um, so mm -hmm. a chest strap is definitely the way to go if, you know, if you really value accuracy and making sure that you are spot on in your zones, correct? Correct. Yeah, yeah. It, from what I've seen, the wrist one tends to have a higher rate of inaccuracy. So the yep. numbers will often be super high. And that can be really concerning and frustrating to athletes, especially when you're new to this. The last thing you want to see is your heart rate being too high. So yep. um, the, chest, the chest strap seems to work better. Some people have trouble with that chest strap chafing, so that might be an issue you have to work around. Back in the day, they used to make jog bras that you could insert the chest strap into yes. to, to give it more cushion. So, so, you know, if somebody's having trouble with the chest strap, you know, talk to us, reach out to us, and we can find some ways to maybe work around that. But if I had to choose between wrist and chest, I would go with the chest strap. Go with the chest. Yeah, yeah. I, I, um, I mean, even, you know, you know, I won't say what brand I have, but I mean, sometimes I will be riding the bike, have not moved, and all of a sudden I go from, you know, 145 to like 92. Like, and I'm like, okay, I know I'm still pedaling at the same effort, um, but it just drops all of a sudden for no reason. And I can't, and, and with the wrist, it's hard to, you know, the chest strap sometimes, you know, if it's really dry here and especially in Colorado, like it's, there's not enough moisture to get the electrodes to pick up your heartbeat, you know, so you know what you can do. You can, you know, lick the strap. I'm sure you guys have never done that. Right. Um, or, you know, somehow, you know, somehow try to get it to try to fix it. But, you know, with the wrist, it's like, well, I don't know what else to do. <laughs> it's just, yeah, it's, it's where it's supposed to be. And it's, you know, I only have one wrist. So, um, yeah, so that's, I, I agree with that. I think the, the, the chest strap is definitely, um, the way to go if, if this is, if accuracy is your deal and same with the Apple watch. I know we get a ton of questions about the Apple watch and I think that they're very cool, but I do not think that they are ready for prime time as far as being your endurance sports data recorder. Um, it's just not, it's just not, uh, there. <laughs> yeah. Don't you agree? I, I yes. I totally agree. Um, I was just asking a friend about her Apple watch because I was thinking about getting one, um, for a variety of non-sport related reasons. But, um, she was saying that, that she likes it as a communication device and just for keeping track of steps and stuff. But, but, you know, as far as giving you good heart rate data or, sort of like accurate data, she didn't feel like it, it was the best option out there. But certainly it beats nothing at all, you know. Sure. So if you have sure. an Apple Watch and, and that's all you have available, let's work with it and let's use it. Sure, absolutely. No, that makes sense. Um, okay, so let's talk a little bit about, we've talked a little bit about patience and, um, and really kind of leaning into the process. But, you know, people want to say, okay, well, so I've done this for, you know, eight weeks. I've done this for three months. I've done this for X amount of time. When will I see, you know, significant improvements? And, um, you know, I'm sure you guys get that question a lot as coaches. So what's, what's your answer when that comes to you? 
Well, and it, obviously that varies with, with, if they're beginners, we will see progress in four weeks. I mean, it's not earth shattering. It's not if they were running 12 minute miles, they're going to be running eight minute miles, but we see, you know, the resting heart rate coming down. We see the the heart rate files are are not as sporadic or erratic is probably a better word. Um, and they just their heart rate just in general, they're they're able to they feel better. They're able to get the heart rate more consistently in the zone that they're looking to try to get it in, whether that's zone two or three or one or whatever it is. So usually four weeks, but that's pretty darn quick. So if there's an experienced athlete, it, it's a it's a long time. I mean, it could be eight to 12 weeks. Um, depending on the kind of background they have. So it, it does vary, but if you keep, you know, if you keep uh, detailed records of it, um, you download your stuff in Training Peaks, you pay attention, or not Training Peaks, whatever device or end, use that, end user that you have, and you keep track of it, you will see yourself running and getting more fit at, like, a, like we mentioned before, at the lower heart rate, which is, which is, you know, I always say progress is the best drug. You know, it's it's so motivating when you can when you can see yourself running faster and your heart rate gets a little bit lower. But it does it does take time. And like I said, or like Elizabeth and I said earlier, if you live in a hot climate, um, it's something to consider because with the heart the hot climate, the heart rate just consistently will stay higher overall. Um, it's like the winter and the, the falls here. Everyone's like, oh my gosh, I'm running so fast. I'm running so awesome. I'm like, well, you were running really awesome too in August when it was 110. We just couldn't, <laughs> we just couldn't peel back the layers and see that because it was so hot. So, yeah, yeah, no, that's absolutely true. That happens so often and it's so lovely. You're like, why is it so easy? But you do have to, you have to put in the time um, on the runs that are not great um, as far as humidity, as far as hills, as far as temperature and stress on your body and all that. And then all of a sudden it comes together, you know, ideally um, on a race day in October, right? <laughs> right. Awesome. Awesome. Well, is there anything else you guys want to add? Um, again, I, this is just more of an overview of, you know, the, the, the program. Um, you will you will be available, obviously, um, on Facebook pages. We're going to have some office hours, too, for people in the race program. So um, if people have specific questions, they can easily come to you with um, their zones or their speed bumps or whatever they have going on. Um, but before we close this out, is there anything you guys want to add? You know, the, I would yeah. just... Oh, go ahead, Elizabeth. Oh, I, you know, I was I was just going to say it, it is kind of like building on what what Jennifer was just saying about progress. Um, something that I have to remind athletes about frequently is when you're using technology and and you're measuring your run, you know, be careful not to get too caught up in the day to day measuring um, because you just simply won't see progress. And some days you're going to have good runs and your heart rate's going to be totally under control, and some days you're going to have really bad runs, and you, and you have to walk to keep that heart rate down. And the day-to-day -day is not really what we're concerned about. What you want to do is be able to look back at patterns over time and see, you know, some trend of progress. So it's very normal to have ups and downs, and Jennifer and I always tell athletes, just ride the waves. You know, ride the ups and, and the downs and, and just continue on your forward path and then look back over time to see the progress. And going along with that, you know, sometimes when you add technology into a training plan, it's, it's a good thing because it can also really bog you down. So I would encourage everyone, no matter where they're at, to not lose sight of the joy of running and why you run in the first place. 
We run because it's healthy. We run because we like feeling good or we get out there with friends or we enjoy being in nature. So don't lose sight of that. Don't get so caught up in looking at your wrist every, you know, every two minutes and, and letting that become the ruler of whether or not you have a good run. Yeah. Just let the data kind of run along with you and look at it at the end or look at it from time to time. But don't forget about the joy of running and why you do it in the first place. That's such a good point. That it's such a good point. And I think it's also, um, you know, one of the things that I often do when I am following my heart rate is I just leave my my watch on heart rate, you know, so you cannot see the pace. I can't see the elapsed yep. time, you know, so that way, you know, if I'm doing it, you know, if I'm supposed to be in between, you know, like you said, like 135 and 145, say that's that's the only indication of what I'm supposed to do on that run. And if I did that, then that's perfect. And whether I ran 3.2 miles or 5.8 miles, it doesn't matter because um, right. I gave my body what it needed. I, I followed the training plan the way it was written. So I really think that that's really important. And um, yeah, it's just so easy to let one little thing on your wrist to determine whether or not it was a good or bad run. And that's not, you know, it's not the boss of you, right? Right. <laughs> um, cool. Well, great. Well, um, we look forward to um, many, many happy miles together, a lot of fun weeks and fun weeks of training and beats per minute and all that stuff. So um, thanks, you guys. And um, we will see you on the Facebook page. And um, and we'll be doing some podcasts um, starting soon. Uh, probably, you know, within the first couple of weeks, we'll definitely get into some questions about racing and, and all that kind of stuff, because I know that some of you guys have races coming up sooner than later. So I'm um, looking forward to it. Thanks, Timothy. Sounds good. We're looking Awesome. Have a great new year and we'll talk to you all soon. Thank you. Bye. 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 Bye.